The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Let me tell you about who deserves a shot in the United States Heavyweight. Let's hear it. I'm the champion. I ought to know. You know, I've, I've been sizing up guys since I came to the WCW. And I think the one guy that stands out the most, the guy that I think has earned a title shot, L. Dandy, I think you're a heck of a wrestler. You're a great technician in the ring, and you're a jam-up guy. Whoa. I don't see any Whoa. reason. Wait a minute. L. Dandy has been wrestling in, in, in the cruiserweight division here. Please. He's a great wrestler. Great wrestler, but thank goodness sakes, at 50 pounds Who different. are you to, to, to doubt El Dandy? This guy's a serious professional. Well, let's talk about some serious how about, the, how about hypnosis? Let's get thrown Psychosis? Psychosis? Whatever, whatever. He's a great wrestler, you know. Hello, and welcome to episode 202 of the WrestleCast. I'm your host, Don DeLorente, and I'm joined by my SmackDown Matters correspondent, Ms. Didi Jonet. Hey. What's going on, friend? much friend how are you i'm good i'm good about to hunker down for a potential you know wind and rain from a hurricane so selfish of me are y'all are you gonna be okay uh we should be okay um things have gotten a lot better as far as the forecast for where i stay since sunday now mm-hmm. if you rewind back to sunday yeah we wouldn't have been okay if uh wow. it would have stayed on the track it was because it literally probably would have hit the ocean and off the ocean, hit the beach, and then proceeded to come right over where I stay. Oh my goodness! Yeah, so this moved course, so now you should be okay. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So the uh, okay. we should just get like a a windy, rainy couple of days, but hopefully not enough to make the power go out, and that's all I care about. <laughs> it's the little things. Yeah, power matters. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. So, thank you for asking about my well being. I appreciate it. Of course. We're joined by the WrestleCast broadcast journalist, Mr. Magnum Prime. What's going on, Greg? Always a pleasure to be here. Just looking over some of the wedding picks for for Ric Flair. There's an amazing pick of Flair and The Undertaker and Mr. Duke Duke himself (laughs) together. and It is awesome. Yeah, you gotta take a look at it. Yeah, I'm gonna have to uh, go file through some of those pictures. Uh, heard, yeah, I d- did see the uh, Undertaker was there. I saw one with the Undertaker, Michelle McCool, Fit Finley, and Charlotte. Oh, and Michael Hayes. Michael Hayes. He does not dis- disappoint uh, with his dress on this one. Uh, uh, He's Kenny. Have you seen Michael Hayes? Have you seen what Michael Irvin's wearing at the football game this particular evening? Oh no, I'm gonna check it out. Oh my goodness. It's a, it's a, yeah, lucky charms is all I got to say. <laughs> I'm not surprised. <laughs> and tonight we're joined by a very special guest. She's a first time guest of the WrestleCast, and she just might be Roman Reigns' biggest fan. Welcome, <laughs> Lena, to the WrestleCast. Hey, Lena. Hello. 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 How are you? I'm great. I don't know if I'm his biggest fan. I'm close. Okay. All right. Well, I know that you're the biggest Roman Reigns vocal Roman Reigns fan that I know. Oh yes, I'm. I'm very a little too vocal. <laughs> a little too vocal. I'm too blunt, and it, it's a it's like the curse, the gift and the curse. Well, we're very excited to have you here tonight, and as a first time guest of the WrestleCast, you have to give us a little background on your origin story with professional wrestling. Kind of who got you into watching wrestling. Who were who were some of your favorites growing up, and besides Roman, who are some of your favorites today? 
Um, okay, so I do know um Kane's debut. That's like I was like so young and I didn't know what it was. Um I only kept the image of like a big red dude breaking down a cell. So I was too young to like know what I was watching, but I know I kept that image for years and I thought it was a horror movie. <laughs> and um I just remember playing the video game one time at my cousin's house and he was on his wrestling video game and I was like, I know that dude from somewhere. And then um I had saw it on online when I looked it up and it was Kane and I started I wasn't really watching it because I was still too young. But when I was at my cousin's house, they would watch it. They were all boys and stuff. So I would play I would play the video game more than I watched it. So that's how I like got my favorites. Like I didn't even know who Triple H was, but he was my favorite <laughs> of the game. And so I was just like picking favorites from the game. Then I started like watching whenever it would come on when I was with them. But I got into it like on my own, like watching weekly every single week in like 2006. I would say that's like my favorite year of wrestling. So like um, 2006 is when I got into it. Then I got everyone I knew into it. My mom was addicted. And um, I think I watched Raw. No, I don't know which one I watched more because I have so many memories of both. I'm terrible at my memories. But I do know um, the time I started watching more is when DUX, I'm not DUX, DX reunited. So that was like my favorite summer. But um, I would say my favorite of all time is Shawn Michaels. Like, I'm crazy over that man. He is amazing. And um, my current favorite is, you said Roman. Besides Roman, I say I, I love Naomi and the Usos. Um, who else do I like? I think everybody else is just floating around. <laughs> <laughs> like everybody else, like I tolerate them, but I don't like tune in. I only and then lately I haven't been tuning in for a while because the fans really annoy me with their negativity. So I just like it just turns me off. So I haven't really watched that much in a while. Well, I didn't watch for months after Mania. I went to Mania and I was over it. And then um, I watched Extreme Rules and then I watched SummerSlam. And I've kind of been watching again since SummerSlam, but mainly just tuning in for bits and pieces and stuff like that. But I still like catch up on Twitter and stuff. Yeah, here um, as far as Raw goes after. Uh, SummerSlam, it's been kind of uh, so you haven't really missed that much. Now SmackDown's been really consistent. So the house that oh, Didi Jonay built has definitely been doing this <laughs> thing. Dan SmackDown. Oh, that's the best show going. Oh, I see. I love Raw. Well, Raw has been. It has its moments where it's boring, but like it has basically it has my people. That's probably why I love mm-hmm. it more because like, I love the Shield and I um. I love the the Raw after SummerSlam when the Shield reunited or whatever. But le- this current week, I did not like it at all. And then um, too many Bellas on both shows. <laughs> Big um, facts. And then Big it, I'm, I'm ready. For, I really wanted Rusev to take the title from him. The Miz, somebody take the title from that man. Oh, goodness. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So thank you for joining us, Lena. 
Um, there's no news this week, so we're going to get right into it as, of course, this is a pay-per-view weekend. And what we do every show before pay-per-view, we play everybody's favorite game show, especially Miss Didi Jonay's. Who you got? Mm. So, while, while I get my tablet ready, I will say there is one piece of news. Rick Flair got married and walked down to the aisle. And on what song? Rick Flair. Something about Flair. Rick Flair drip. Yeah. Oh yeah, I saw that video. That is I what thought he walked he... down the aisle. Hey, well, why not? You know, that's what you can do when you're like 80, and who gonna check you <laughs> on your 17th marriage? Nobody. <laughs> All right. So hells and cells. All right. Starting at 7 p.m., you can oh. use the hashtag. Cast in a cell and live tweet with us, all the fans and the host of the WrestleCast. Um, starting at six o'clock, you can use the hashtag say no to pre shows to talk about the pre show. So we're gonna okay, I'm ready. You ready? All right, mm-hmm. first matchup the new day versus Rusev Day. So, Miss Lena, you're our guest, we'll let you start first. Who you got? Uh, I'll go with Rusev Day. Right. I'm kind of tired of New Day at this point. <laughs> and this is going to be a SmackDown Tag Team Championship match. I did not say that before. Uh, Magnum Prime, who you got? Mm, this is a, a tough call for me. Um, me and New Day, they, they don't need it. I mean, it. I, I guess my better judgment, I'm, I'm going to go with the New Day retainer. All right. Miss Didi Jone. Um, I'm going to go Rusev Day as well. All right. And I'm going to pick Rusev Day as well because that's my favorite. I'm glad they didn't break them up. And when it looked like they were going to, hopefully they don't use this match. To be the catalyst to break them up. Mm -hmm. That would suck. But yeah, I'm going to go with Rusev Day. Next up for the Raw Tag Team Championships, we're going to have Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre defending against Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose. So Magnum Prime, who do you got? I'll go with Rollins. Rollins and Ambrose? Yep. All right. He just left out Ambrose. <laughs> As he should. <laughs> Miss Didi Jane, who you got? Oh, um, I got Ziggles. Okay. And McIntyre. All right. Miss Lena, who you got? Oh, I'm, I don't know. Like, I really want Rollins and Ambrose. But a part of me, I've just been let down so many times. I think it's <laughs> going to be Drew Ziggler. But oh. I'm just hoping it's the shield that has all the titles at the end. Okay. I'm going to go with Ziggler and McIntyre to retain their titles. Listen, if Greg is right, he already 2-0. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's playing the game the way I usually do. I know. And he's going first, so it's not even like he's you scam. You always go last. <laughs> Greg is just honestly on an island by himself. <laughs> Our next matchup 
Daniel Bryan and Brie Bella versus The Miz and Maurice. Miss Didi Jonet, who you got? Um, I would have picked Daniel Bryan, but I refuse to pick Brie Bella. Therefore, I have Miz and Maurice. Okay. Miss Lena, who you got? Miz and Maurice. All right. I do a Bella ever. Magnum Prime. Who you got? One left again. Go with Brian and Bella. All right. I'm going to go with the Miz and Maurice. (laughs) (laughs) Donald, I am just so shocked at you. (laughs) Well, I I just have a feeling that they got to get to another singles match between Daniel Bryan and The Miz, and the only way to do that is have The Miz do something dastardly to Brie Bella to cause a, a victory in this match. Because they've been punching I'm him in the face. Beat Miz. Nick. Had that crap at WrestleMania. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just want Miz to be, you know, a Canadian thug, like, you know, like, <laughs> like Jericho would be, or like Kevin Owens would be. Like, you have it in you. Beat the brakes all over Miss Arizona. (laughs) (laughs) It's like she beat you. She can't be strong. Hmm? Did you see when he pulled her out the ring and he did it too hard and he was kind of like nervous for her? Some damn punks. (laughs) Ain't nobody be nervous when they own me. (laughs) Right. You know? But anyway. Our first Hell in a Cell matchup pits Mm -hmm. Jeff Hardy versus Randy Orton. So, back around to Miss Lena, you'll start off. Who you got? I don't know why this match exists. It's from like 2007, but I'm going to go with Jeff Hardy. All right. Mr. Magnum Prime, who you got? Uh, Do I even have to pick this one? (laughs) It's like no reason for me to care about this matchup. Yes, sir. Uh, right. <laughs> I, I'll go with Jeff Hardy. All right. Miss Didi Jeanne. You already know I do not pick Randy Orton. I, I'm not here for all lives. <laughs> so I have young Jefferson. All right. And I'll go with Jeff Hardy as well. This is his, uh, this match exists, Lena, because this is his bucket list. It's the only match he hasn't done. In WWE, yeah, Mm -hmm. and so his career is probably you know towards the end of it than it is you know him staying on long term. Why Randy though? Uh, I don't know. Like he could have picked like a new star. Randy is like eighty and ugly and ugh. Well, to be fair, Jeff is eighty and not ugly. Right, I just cannot stand Randy, and I didn't. Storyline because, like, his storyline, it seems like Randy's like, Oh, you've been this, you've been like, everyone loves you, blah blah blah. Like, that's usually what you do to new people. You and Jeff have the same amount of years. Like, I think it's like, I think it's like you out here being crackish and people still like you better (laughs) than they do me, and it's not fair. It's It's a mess. It was just so random to me. Oh. <laughs> for, that's another reason why I don't watch SmackDown. 
for the Raw Women's Championship. It's the chant, Ronda Rousey versus Alexa Bliss. So, Miss Didi Janet, who you got? I heard you. I'm not ignoring you. I'm just, I'm really trying to think about who I would least like to see on my screen. <laughs> and um, I guess I still feel as though Rhonda is, in fact, an overhyped rookie. But I don't really think they're going to like have her lose. But that ain't how I play the game. So I'll just go with Bliss. Oh, look at you. Ah, shut up. <laughs> Ain't nothing changed. Magnum Prime, who you got? Rousey. All right. Miss Lena, who you got? Rhonda, I don't think she's ever going to lose that title now. Same. Uh, I don't see really Brock, but she's going to show up more. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to pick uh, Rhonda Rousey as well. But also, have I don't want to like overstep, but I was going to say, have you guys like noticed the Nikki stuff with her? Mm-hmm. Like the back segments Mm hmm. Yep. So eventually, it uh, looks like Nikki Bella and her may have some uh, a misunderstanding here or there. Listen, yeah. let me tell you what'll irk my nerves even more. If Nikki Bella and Ronda Rousey have a misunderstanding and Nikki beats her. Yes, I, I will throw everything in this apartment. <laughs> oh my goodness. Like, I, I will have to redecorate. Like, don't play with me. Don't and play with me. The segment when she said, like, her and Brie could train Rhonda, I was offended for Rhonda. Like, on what? Good makeup? Because, yes. <laughs> Other than that, what? I just don't get it. I, I never got the hype with them. It, they're just reality stars. Like, even that return match was just botchamania. It's like they're really pretty and they're not blonde. And other than that, there are two of them. And besides that, I just don't know why we're talking about them. Exactly. People will literally like fight me online when I mention how they suck. I'm just they're, like, not, well. they're not good. They're very pretty girls, but that's all there is. Right. Mess. Mm. Let's keep going. We have for the SmackDown Women's Championship, Charlotte Flair versus Becky Lynch. Magnum Prime, who you got? Charlotte. All right. Champion (laughs) retains. Love the enthusiasm you showed for this match, sir. (laughs) Well, I mean, hey, I I really just see it. I I know they're probably going to look towards having her go against Rousey at some point, maybe at Mania, so I just think they're just kind of building her up for the rest of the year, pretty much until WrestleMania season. So it's it's not a lot of excitement for me right now. I got you, Miss Lena. Who you got? Um, unfortunately, Charlotte. <laughs> All right. I like that they're feuding. I just wish the roles were reversed. Okay. It's I think weird. Yeah, I think every I think everybody does. I think, but Becky Lynch is pulling off this. Yeah, I think Becky needed it, but I think Charlotte is just so much better at being a bad guy. Right, right. I mean, her last name is Flair. Right. <laughs> Miss Didi Jonet, who you got? I got. Um, like I said, I don't necessarily play the game like 
who I really think is going to get it. It's more like who I want to get it. So, should Charlotte win, don't be in my mentions like I told you. So I know, but I'm still <laughs> going with Becky. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go with Becky Lynch as well. I think it's her time, even if it's a a run up until like uh, uh, Royal Rumble. I think she's deserved it. And uh, hopefully they've been listening to the fans the last few weeks and uh, she'll pull it off. So I'm going with Becky. I hope she wins. I just don't think she is. I just want her to win and then Becky can be like, and, you know, get her little rematch, lose the rematch. Even if it's through shenanigans, and then be like, get to the back of the line. No right. more coming I'm off of like, no more coming off of surgery and getting, you don't have to do in a tournament. You just be like, I want a match. No. Effort. Go fight Naomi. Go fight, what's that girl's name? Billy Kay. Go fight one of them girls. Put in work. And then come visit me in three months. <laughs> For the WWE Championship, we have AJ Styles versus Samoa Joe. Miss Lena, who you got? I am not interested in this, but (laughs) with his track record, I'm going to say AJ Styles. All right. Just Just your hunch. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I just don't see Samoa. He gets on my nerves too. But I just don't see Samoa Joe winning. It might happen though. It'll be a shock. I'm just gonna say AJ though. Okay, Miss Didi Jone, who you got? I just feel like Joe has to win at some point. So I'm just gonna keep picking Joe, and eventually I'll be right. <laughs> Maybe uh, next year. I don't know, but I'm a. <laughs> I'm going to stick with Joe. Magnum Prime, who you got? Uh, well, Joe won when he signed his deal with the WWE, so it doesn't matter if he ever has a title, but champ retains here. This is this is the new John Cena. So I swear to God, you're the only person that has said that besides me. He's the face that runs the place now. I feel better now. <laughs> Because everybody swears Roman. I'm like, that dude has been losing this whole year. I'm going to go with Samoa Joe. Me and Didi are on the same wavelength. I think that he got to win at some point. <laughs> so we're just going to keep picking him. And eventually we're going to be right. And I think we're going to be right this weekend. And our main event of the evening WWE Universal Championship match, Hell in a Cell, Roman Reigns versus Braun Strowman. Miss Lena, we'll start off with you for the final match. Who you got? Of course, Roman Reigns, but I'm a little nervous, so I don't even know. (laughs) All right. I'm just, yeah. Hopefully it's Roman. Hopefully it's Roman? Yeah. Okay. You don't think uh, the shenanigans are going to ensue where his... his oh, I, that, that's why I'm nervous. I def, Especially with Mick. I don't know why that happened, why he's the ref. But yeah, I think like he's probably going to get hit if he doesn't turn on Roman. He's probably going to get hit. Drew and Ziggler will come out. Seth and Dean. Whichever team is the one standing is going to win. I just don't know who it's going to be. All right. 
Mr. Magnum Prime, who you got? Uh, I hate to even say that I, that I got this person. I'll I'll just say I'll say the champ returns. It just didn't make any sense to take the title off him at this point. You would just delegitimize him as the quote unquote guy. So champ retain. Okay, Miss Didi Jone. I'm going with the man who fought his way out of a trash compactor. (laughs) (laughs) That is who I'm picking. All right. Yeah, I'm going to go with Roman here as well. It just seems too soon. They did all that work to build up and get the title on them. I just don't see them having them be a champion for a month. So Yeah, he always has short reigns to be the guy. But I guess he doesn't really need a title to be the superstar he is. But I don't know. I, I lost hope in Vince McMahon after <laughs> WrestleMania. <laughs> I don't. I, he's unpredictable now when it comes to Roman. So I have a question for you. Would you like to see him go just full on heel? For me? Yes. Oh, I would love it because I loved um, heel Roman in the Shield. I would absolutely love it. Even though I love what he's doing now, but sometimes I, I hate like when he's like the thing with Finn. I did not like that. I'm like, beat him up. Don't don't be out here offering. You know, whatever. So, yeah, I would love for him to go heel and just cuss everybody out and just be how he was in the shield. Like, he didn't care in the shield. And that's what made me actually like him. But um, I would love for him to go heel. I just don't know, like, if he goes heel, who's going to be the guy to face him that's a a face, you know? Because Seth is, like, not there to me. Oh, it would be Seth. The crowd loves him. Yeah, he's just such a like he's a, he's a great heel to me, but he's a sucky, annoying face sometimes. I think in the last few months he's found it. At first, I would agree with you there that he just wasn't he he didn't just quite have it. But mm-hmm. here lately, ever since he uh he found that burn it down and the Monday Night Rollins, yeah, he's been on it. I hate to burn it down, even though I yelled it at WrestleMania. You know, when you're there, it's just, you feel it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, I was like, I hate it. It sounds like a school shooter theme. Like, I was like, no. But then when they came, I was yelling at the top of my lungs like a crazy person. All right. So those are our choices for the Helena Cell pay-per-view event this Sunday, 7 p.m., Again, live tweet with us by using the hashtag cast in a cell and also use the hashtag say no to pre-shows to tweet about the pre-show that begins at 6 p.m. So we're going to matches. Yeah, that's it. They may add some uh, pre-show matches, but they haven't they they hadn't done it as of today. So, yeah, there's going to be somebody who gets on there for a pre-show, but. We don't know who yet. Probably Andrade. I don't know if I said his name right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cien Almas. Yes. Yeah, he's a he's a good act. I think um, once they kind of figure out a, a really good program for him, he could probably 
be like a really good U.S. champion if they decide to really put some focus on the United States championship again. He's really good in the ring, and Zelina is a great manager. Yeah, yeah, they're a good combination. All right, so we'll get into Monday Night Raw from New Orleans. Uh, it starts off with basically the Shield coming back for revenge. Braun Strowman, Dolphin Drew, they arrive with the Hill roster. They, uh, you know, circle the ring as Braun and Dolphin Drew stand in the ring and cut their promo. Of course, here come the Shield. They come through the crowd and they proceed to beat up the whole mid card Hill stable. Uh, everybody that's, you know, on the lower level in the locker room, Dean has uh, axe handles, axe handles, and they, uh, you know, beat up everybody. Braun, Dolphin, Drew Bell up the ramp. Unfortunately, uh, we had to watch Nikki Bella beat Ruby Riot. That was unfortunate. Yes. Um, we get another police angle with the the shield, but this time they don't get arrested. Baron Corbin says they just have to leave the building and they can't return. If they do return, then he's going to strip the titles off of uh, Seth and Roman. Uh, Triple H is here. He does some talking to try to sell us on the match between him and the Undertaker next month. Uh, Greg, did this work for you this week? I know last week you said that HBK got your hype to see HBK and the Undertaker, but did Triple H do enough to get you back on track? No. <laughs> I've seen this enough. I don't I don't see, need to see another promo with Triple H in in the Undertaker. Just just bury it, truly bury it alive this time. Let's move on to something else. I don't I don't really want to watch the match, but I end up watching it anyway cuz I'm a I'm, I'm a I like to hurt myself when it when it comes to wrestling. I'm into that. So um, I'll check it out. But I'm tired of this. Let's move on to something else. Uh, Ziggler and McIntyre retained their titles against the B team in the rematch. Drew cuts off the draping netbreaker, then makes the save, taking out Axel. The Claymore zigzag combo finishes it. After the match, though, Rollins and Ambrose, they attack the champions. Uh, of course, Corbin yells at Rollins and Ambrose and says that, um, you know, they're in trouble. But Seth Rollins is like, this isn't the shield. This is Rollins and Ambrose. Uh, you know, of course, Corbin gets angry at the semantics. So he says that he'll have them arrested again. And then they have a claim that Corbin falsified last week's police report. And the sheriff of the parish arrives and Rollins says that they are having Corbin arrested. So Baron Corbin's like, hey, Seth, let me holler at you over here in private. Uh, they come back out. The sheriff, uh, Rollins, says everything is taken care of. And um, we eventually find out that that's how we get the tag team title match that's going to happen at Hell in a Cell. Uh, Kevin Owens beat the shit out of Tyler Breeze, unfortunately, and then told everybody why he did what he did last week and came back after he said he quit. Um, so... Corbin said that, you know, he's the MVP and he's not going to be held accountable for what he does to any of the people that he wrestles. And uh, he's going to do this for the uh, honor of Sami Zayn. That's the reason why he attacked Bobby Lashley. So, D.D., are you you down with that, with Kevin fighting for the honor of his friend? I think that is beautiful. I think that is the Canadian way. And I approve. All right. 
Um, Ronda Rousey and Natalia faced off against Alexa Bliss and, Ricky, and Mickey James. Of course, um, Ronda Rousey and them, they look good. She gets um, Mickey James to tap out to the armbar. Alexa Bliss kind of does some sneak attacks after the match kicked her in the ribs. So they're playing up the story that Ronda's got some bruised or hurt ribs coming into the title match. Elias is here. Hey. He gets on New Orleans. He talks about the Saints and Drew Brees because they lost their opening football game. Um, he says he wants to save all of them with his new song. Right when he gets ready to bless the people, Mick Foley arrives. Uh, Mick Foley runs down, uh, you know, talks about how good he thinks Elias is, but talks about how he doesn't do well by the fans. Um, Elias runs him down, says that uh, he was a child once and he was in the igloo the night that Foley was thrown off the sale. It was special and Foley was special, but that was then and this is now. Elias calls Mick Foley a broken man who's been singing the same song for 20 years and barely remembers the words. <laughs> Foley agrees. Uh, he says he's here to talk about the future. And then basically he says that Stephanie um, gave him a chance to, you know, he wanted to do something special. just didn't want to sit at home for this hell in the cell being the 20 year um, anniversary. So Stephanie has granted him the right to be the special referee for the hell in a cell then uh, Elias is like you know Foley needs to shut up and go back to where it came from and then Stephanie uh, said that uh, Mick could grant a match so Mick makes the match between Elias and Finn Balor Finn Balor gets the win um, I like this segment it could have some fun to it if uh they let it ha- if they let it live a little bit when a Leo Rush is out here trying to basically motivate Bobby Lashley and maybe can be maybe his manager possibly that could be a fun little tandem but we'll see where it goes and uh, our final segment was Braun calls out Roman he comes to the middle of the ring he's sick of waiting he says hey he'll take the title from him on Sunday and he'll send Roman to hell. Roman's music hits. We don't see Roman. He's up on the announce table. So of course, Braun runs up there. He gets met with a Superman punch. Then Braun gets the upper hand. He throws uh, Roman on the table. And then that's when Roman fights back. Roman then drops Braun off the table with a Samoan drop through the stage. And Roman Reigns stands tall to end Monday night. Raw. I'm sick of waiting. Roman, Get out here and face me like a man! That's what I thought. The Universal Champion is nothing but a coward. (laughs) He's afraid. But unfortunately for Roman, there's nowhere for him to hide in the cell. It's just a man locked inside of a cage with a monster. And his boys, Dean and Seth, they can't get in to help him. And neither can the special guest referee, Mick Foley. Because if Mick Foley gets in my way, (laughs) the injuries he sustained at the hands of the Undertaker throwing him off the cell 20 years ago will look like a paper cut compared to what I do to him. 
at Hell in a Cell, I'm taking Roman's Universal Championship and I'm sending him straight to hell and he's never coming back. Oh, wait a minute. Braun Strowman wanted the big dog. No, Roman's never a hard man to find, but... Then rather elusive oh. tonight. Oh. Braun Strowman looking for Roman Reigns in a... I think Braun Strowman's found him. Eyes on his target. Roman Reigns commandeered our announce table. And here comes Braun Strowman. And Roman Reigns now going to meet him on the stage. And Roman Reigns with a Superman punch. Reigns with a Superman punch to Strowman. And here comes Roman Reigns and Braun Strowman going after one another. Braun calling out the big dog. And Reigns happy to answer. But right now, Strowman trying to drive Reigns through the Tron. Uh, Braun Strowman now. Strowman. Strowman's a man with a plan. Braun Strowman, man with a plan. He's destroyed our announce table. And now he's got Roman Reigns Universal Championship in his grasp. Boy, did you hands? Braun Strowman may own that championship in six nights. And now Braun Strowman with a right hand to Roman Reigns and Braun Strowman with evil intentions. You know, Braun has never forgotten about the shield bomb he received at the hands of Reigns, Rollins, and Ambrose. Now it's retribution time. Roman Reigns has been picked apart by Strowman. Oh, 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 Roman oh. Reigns with Strowman on his shoulders. Roman Reigns with a through the floor. Through the stage, Samoan dropped by Reigns to Strowman. It comes to a head inside the vicious structure known as Hell in a Cell. <laughs> we got the dueling, dueling factions here. I'm just telling you, he worked his way out of a damn trash compactor. Nothing <laughs> one man should do. Could do. She's gonna be should have him. Listen, you have created the mythology. You being the WWE, you have said this is a man who can push over ambulances. He can push over. I don't know tanks. Whatever he's done before, he worked his way out of a trash compactor. A Samoan drop from an announce table should not be like, oh, yes. It should be seven seconds later. He stood up and stared him right in the face and said, "Bitch, so what?" What else you had? And the answer is nothing. I don't even know why they have him doing so much with objects. Like every week, it's an ob- like he was throwing trash cans. Beat him up regularly. He don't got the muscles. Because <laughs> the brawn is brawny as fuck. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> So, yep, that was the lackluster go-home show for Monday Night Raw. It was so dry. Oh, my God. Wasn't it? It was just I like... episode before. Yeah. It was like, just an ashy episode. Vain, I was <laughs> it seemed like it had no stakes, even while everything was just like, it's so important. It was just like, is it though? Is it really? 
Does it really matter? Raw, mm-hmm. Raw actually did more to sell me on the SmackDown matches that are going to take place in Hell in a Cell than any of their matches. Which, you know, SmackDown matters. Speaking of which, it's time for the SmackDown Matters Report by Miss Didi Jone. Alright, you guys. Um, some things happen. I'm going to try to be like I was last week and just give you like bare bones because I didn't care about this either. Anyway, just starts out, just starts out the night, <laughs> just starts out the night talking about um, Randy Orton. He says he's a daredevil without fear and he will make Ramsey fade away and he classifies him correctly as obsolete and the fans go crazy because we love those references. But this is the intro to a Shinsuke versus Jeff Hardy match. It's non-title. Uh, Nakamura looks for the Kinshasa, but Jeff counters and hits a twist of fate. He heads up top, but is cut off by Randy Orton for the DQ. Post-match, Orton beats down Jeff and uses a chair to inflict more damage. However, Jeff fights back, lays in chair shots, and hits the twist of fate. Then follows with a swanton, and Jeff stands tall over all lives Orton. Um, they show a video of a promo AJ cut before the show in an empty arena. He says Joe's not, Joe knows how to make him angry and get into his head because they have a 20-year friendship. But because of that 20-year friendship, he knows a lot about Joe. Joe has a family, but he would never mess with Joe's family. Joe's strength is trash-talking and intimidation, as well as being a piece of shit. I'm extrapolating. He didn't necessarily say that. Actually, he started to say that. He stopped and then called him a piece of garbage. So you're not actually adding too much in there. See, happy no one. Um, He said, however, when the bell rings, no one has an upper hand on AJ Styles. At Hell in a Cell, he will show Joe. How phenomenal he really is because this is the house that I built that AJ's loaned me. Just thank you. And it's not for rent by me. That's lies. Feel free. Or sell. That's true. It's my house. You can't have it. How was that promo? I heard it was the best one. Oh, yeah. It was damn good. Did you see that, G? He left. Oh, he, he left already? I don't see it pop up anymore. But yeah, it was really good. It was really, I don't see really it. good. I hear it. I can hear when he leaves. It was, yeah, I thought it was the best uh, AJ Styles promo he's ever done, maybe. For those who don't know, Greg works in one time zone and lives in another, so it's mm-hmm. a miracle that we, maybe I'm exaggerating, but I'm not really exaggerating. No, you're not. <laughs> he, he does a lot for the program, so sometimes he dips out early. Yes, he does. But we're happy to have him. That's why he's our he, broadcast journalist. Let's see, here for the broadcast. <laughs> Greg be pissing me off, though. He be putting his 10 minutes on the thing, and half the time he wins who you got. I'm like, somehow this does not seem fair. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I don't know what one has to do with the other, but I'm just like, mm, don't like it. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, next was a promo time with Charlotte. She talks about her match with Sonya. Tonight, she says she will prove herself as champion. How are you going to prove yourself as champion facing Sonya? Who is Sonya? Well, you know, according to some sections of the WrestleCast fandom, uh, that is the future women's champion in Sonya Deville right there. I mean, I guess. To a large extent, I feel like if the WWE signs you, you should be good enough to get a title. So it shouldn't be like, you're going to like, you know, like, why are you why are you signing a Liv Morgan if you don't think Liv Morgan is, like, championship potential? 
Right. You know? Mm-hmm. Then I guess somebody has to be a loser. Anyway, <laughs> that's not shade. It's just an observation. And a little bit of shade. Anyway, a hell in a cell, Becky will learn it's easier to talk the talk than walk the walk. Um, her match with Sonya is non title. Sonya gets Charlotte into a triangle, but Charlotte powers out, hits a sit out powerbomb for two. Charlotte locks on to figure eight. DeVille, instead of trying to hit her or counterattack or do anything, taps out. Fucking idiot. Charlotte celebrates with the fans until she gets attacked by a fan. Oh, wait, it's not a fan. It's Becky in a black wig. Um, she yanks the wig off, beats Charlotte down, and locks on to disarmor. And Charlotte is forced to tap. And Becky's out there looking like, mm-hmm, that's right, bitch. <laughs> yes. Uh, Samoa Joseph sends a message to AJ and his family. He reads a bedtime story called Night Night AJ. He tells the story of AJ building his house and forgetting about his family. And so Joe arrived in the tax, scaring the wife and child of the man. Joe, the warrior, had a plan to become their new dad. He will stand as the new champion and man of the house, saving the day. Good night, Wendy and little Annie and little AJ. And the closing picture is a drawing of Joe with AJ's wife and daughter. That's disrespectful. Gather round, everyone, and quiet down. I'm going to read you a bedtime story. Tonight, I have just a tale to send you off to Dreamland. It has a hero and a villain. But don't worry. This one has a happy ending. It's called... Night Night AJ by Samoa Joe. There once was a man who lived in a house. A house that he built for his kids and his spouse. He defended his house against one, against all. He started to believe he was ten feet tall. Smackdown Live is the house that AJ Styles built. His head in the clouds, so high above all, he'd forgotten his family. Not even a call. Until from the west, a man had appeared. A submission machine all warriors revered. What the hell is happening? It was an ambush. Samoa Joe trying to put the WWE Champion to sleep. Styles is out cold. In the midst of his journey, he heard haunting cries. He learned of the house of broken promises and lies. child, she was frightened. The wife was distraught. They hoped and they prayed a humbling lesson would be taught. The situation was horrible, terribly bad. The warrior had a solution. Become their new dad. Hey, Wendy! I made you a promise. Daddy was coming home. It looks like he's not, but I'll be your new daddy. The arrogant fool from the house he'd expel with battle lines drawn at Hell in a Cell. To emerge victorious, it would not take much. A snatch and a grab and a coquina clutch. 
The lights they were dimming, his ego no more. The arrogant fool asleep on the floor. A new champion stood as man of the house, and the ten-foot-tall man was now small as a mouse. The hero had conquered and saved the day. Good night, Wendy. And little Annie. And night-night, A.J. The end. Rick Rude would have been proud. <laughs> I'm just like, as a wife, if my husband was like, baby, hmm, uh, you know I'm in WWE, right? Yes, yeah, so what? They want to do a storyline where my best friend pretends like he's trying to like saddle his way into our family. Oh, sure. Absolutely use my child and me for that. What? No. It reminds me of Eddie and Ray. It's just so awkward. Yes, when they had raised real little last child. <laughs> like, and that boy is big as hell now. But still, when he was a little last child, he was a little last child. And that became like a legendary phrase for Eddie. That's crazy. Uh, this was really good, though. They had like a real live nursery rhyme book with pictures and writing and, and everything. Well, you know, SmackDown does what he does. Yeah. <laughs> The skill set is there. I'm just trying to figure out who, like, did Wendy sign off on it or did AJ make her sign off on it? Do the little girl know what's going on? Do she even remember Uncle Samoa Joe? Like, I got them kind of it's questions. But behind the scenes. All I know is he reached with that girl at the paper when she was like, mm, nope, you're bleeding. Don't touch me. <laughs> and it's like, that don't work. You leave. The baby got to look like she likes it. But anyway, uh, there's a moment where Kofi is in an interview with this guy is making fun of the bar uh, to pre-introduce. That's not right. But <laughs> it proceeds the bar versus Route 7, 8 in English for their tag. For the, Their match is for a title shot at Hell in a Cell. That works. Sheamus goes for a bro kick. Aiden pushes Rusev out of the way. Giving Rusev time to hit the mach- machka kick and then Rusev pinches for the win. Look at what the bar have done already to this point. Almost cut the ring in half, kept Rusev away from Aiden English. Oh, that's the team experience to which Woods was talking about. Oh, and English helping out Rusev there makes the tag and Sheamus oh. caught with a crossbody. And Aiden English, he's done so much Byron over the last few weeks to redeem himself in the eyes of Rusev. Well, think about this oh. a month ago, Aiden English and Rusev weren't even on speaking terms. Oh, swinging neckbreaker. Here they are, one win away from challenging for the SmackDown Live tag team titles. Uh-oh, look out, the Celtic Warrior from behind. Great agility by English. English to the apron and Sheamus to the outside. Oh, and a tag made by Rusev. Oh. Blind tag was made. Great teamwork here between Rusev and English. Uh oh. Aiden English looking for takeoff. Oh, and a little help from the Bulgarian group. Accolade could be on its way. Cesaro's in trouble right now. And searches in the accolade. Rusev trying to put away the bar. Rusev trying to guarantee a trip. The hell in a cell. Oh, and Sheamus from behind breaks it up. 
And now Sheamus dumped to the outside. Rusev and Cesaro, the two legal men at this juncture. And Rusev loaded up. Oh, and caught with an uppercut. Tag made. In comes Sheamus. The immediate momentum shift in favor of the bar. And it takes both members of the bar. The double DDT. Cover and a kick out by Rusev. Rusev still has life in this match. Rusev's in a great deal of trouble at the moment. Heads up. Here comes the big fella. Sheamus. Oh, and a blow kick. English took the bullet for his partner. English sacrificed himself. Oh. Matska kick. Cover. Rusev Day has got a tag team title opportunity. Wow. Here are your winners. Aiden English What we just saw was an absolutely selfless act, credit where it's due. Yes, Happy Rusev Day! Preserving the opportunity for Rusev Day, taking the bro kick so that Rusev didn't have to. Congratulations, hats off! And it's Rusev Day again. We're fans, we're fans. Yes, we are fans. I like the bar, but I really want good things for Rusev Day. I want good things for Aiden. You know, because I remember when he was a, what was he? Uh, wasn't he, he uh, the Vaudevillains? Vaudevillains, yes. Yes, he was. Had a long Where's hair. Where's the other guy? Uh, he got kicked out for doing things he shouldn't have been doing. Somewhere not making oh. a lot of money in the indies. Didn't he beat somebody else? Did he have or? Had drugs. He there was something he did. Let me not say drugs because I could be lying. He did something. He got fired. Is what happened. Which is interesting because it's like they don't fire nobody. They just put people on hold forever. Yeah, that's Neville. Yeah, they were afraid. They got rid of him with a quickness. It's very sudden. I like some little short thing. Anyway, next is Archers versus Sian Almas. Archers is with Carmella. She is. Moonwalking in high heels. I didn't know that was a thing, but you learn new things every day. Sienna avoids the scissors kick and almost goes tranquilo. Carmella takes out Vega, distracts a distract. Our true, who gets rolled up by almost for the win by withholding the tights because that's what bad guys do. Oscar's interviewed. Naomi arrives and asks her why he helped her. Oscar says she's no fan of the double iconics, and Naomi appreciates her glow. There's a cute little glow means go oh i'll leave she's like no girl glow like your hair color <laughs> like my t-shirt get it glow we're friends now so all of this is like tag Lady, ladies tag women's tag yes if not you are disrespectful hateful evil and i don't like you um, but if it's what it looks like then i am big fan of this before we move on, um, yes, please. there is Oscar, there is mm-hmm. Naomi, and then mm-hmm. there is Kayla Braxton holding the microphone. There mm-hmm. was a lot of glow in that interview. I know it's a lot of ethnic people that aren't on the evolution promotional material, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> I didn't say nothing. Any hoodle, uh, there was a match with Bria and Marie, so I don't feel like talking about it. <laughs> I really don't. Brie gets the yes lock. 
But Miz pulls her to the floor for the DQ. Then Brian and Miz brawl. So Miz runs Brian in debris. Um, post-match, Miz slams Brian to the steps. He makes a comeback. Only for Miz to, ah, distract her. But Daniel Bryan returns and he lights up Miz with kicks. Bring Brian, clear the ring, and stand tall. And that's why I didn't want to talk about it. Shit's boring. Maurice, I always knew you were a little coward. <laughs> coward? You want to talk about coward? You kidding me? Five months. Five months since she gave birth to our baby girl. You don't deserve this match. This city doesn't deserve this match. It's brilliant, Byron. It's mind game. Oh, it's more charades, Corey. Uh, Maurice had no intention of competing here tonight. That's obvious. Miz and Maurice are so deep inside the mind of Daniel Bryan and Bree. Bryan and Bree might as well just take Sunday off. Don't even show up in hell in a second. Oh, oh, wait a minute. And Bree Bella is going after hey. Maurice. Change of plans. And Bree Bella dragging Maurice back into this main event matchup. Oh, face first into the apron. Maurice willingly forfeited the matchup, and Bree is doing this. She's psychopathic right now. It is a match. Maurice didn't want it, but she's going to get it. All right, Maurice and uh, the Miz. Oh, and a Monday kick by Maurice. Off the distraction. Here's the cover, and nearly put away Bree. Bree Bella trying to set up for the Uh-oh. S-lock. Uh-oh. Yes lock Maurice caught the S-lock. Serves the Miz right. Miz had no, no place putting his hands I on Brie Bella. remember Brie Bella punching Miz in the face a few weeks ago. And Daniel Bryan's punching the Miz in the face. Oh, oh my, my gosh. gosh. Daniel inadvertently thrown into Brie. Oh, again. And now Miz from behind. Daniel Bryan's trying to check on his wife. There is no shame whatsoever from the Miz. The Miz again. And Miz trying to pry Brie Bella off, but here comes Daniel Bryan once again. Yes, kicks. Someone get this maniac under control. Daniel Bryan has become unglued. Doing whatever he can to punish the Miz. Oh! Oh! <laughs> Three punches, Miz in the face, and Daniel Bryan finishes him off. How classless. How dare Daniel Bryan and Brie Bella treat the Miz like this in front of his wife? Daniel Bryan was defending the honor of his wife. The Miz had it coming. I got a feeling the Miz and Maurice have more coming this Sunday. Brie is awful. She's not a good wrestler. I watched that earlier today, and... I was like, where's the match? Ain't no match, because Brie is terrible. And Maurice ain't wrestled in 17 years. Right. I, I was my just... thing is, I would prefer you just do, like, bitch fight. Just, just fight. And, it like, it would make sense to me. And, you know, I guess this is too much for them. If Daniel really could beat Mrs. Ass, but Maurice was beating the shit out of Brie. Like, and then it's, like, equal and it's level and we don't know what to do. And now it's just like whoever got the luck of the draw and who like 
Instead, it's like at every moment, Bree and Daniel Bryan on their vegan ass diet are beating up these people, and I don't believe it. Right, and Maurice, like I love her attitude. Like she has a great heel attitude. Bree cannot keep up with her. Like she can't even act. Cannot at all. And it's like Maurice, I, I've watched a few episodes of Miz and Mrs. And it's like Maurice is a really sweet person, but when it comes time to be the bitch, yes. Uh, it's She's perfect, and it doesn't even seem fake. It's just like, yep. And it's just like, is that what French Canadians are like? That's just so and cool. And Brie came out looking like some blue tape. I I didn't like the, the lace up on the butt crack, but I enjoyed the Seahawk aesthetic of the colors. I didn't mind that. Now, look at you realizing yeah. what they were going yeah. for. I know exactly what it was. <laughs> Thank you. Give me my props. Just because I don't like sports don't mean I don't realize certain things. <laughs> Seahawks got the best uniforms in the league. What you talking? Whoa now. Yes, they do. Lions, Lions say who else? Whoa now. Lions say who? Who? You know right. who? I don't. Tell the, me. The team that's in your city. Lies. <laughs> Burgundy and gold. Nothing better, oh, sweeter. Hell. Nothing looks better, sweetie. Right. I look damn good in burgundy, but burgundy and gold is not a great aesthetic mix. All right. It's just not. It's, it's not better than the blue and the lime green. It just <laughs> does something. <laughs> so, that was SmackDown. That was a little bit better than Raw. Everything's better than Raw. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, that's the problem with Raw. They depend on people's love of Roman Reigns, even though people don't like to admit they love Roman. But they depend on the love of the Shield and of Braun and of Finn and of e- what's that boy's name? Elias. Because Lord knows I love me some Elias. But it's, we can't depend on them. You have to have an actual good product. And they don't. They gotta. They could depend I, on them and get away with a two hour show and we would be all just fine. But they got three hours. But they got three hours. That's why I just pay attention to my favorites and forget the rest. It's too much. And an- another thing I noticed on Raw this past week was it's like they rehashed too much of the same shit that happened a week before. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like it's too many callbacks. It's like, oh, this, they're going to try to arrest the shield again. Damn, we just saw this last week. Oh, the B team getting their rematch the direct next week. Oh, we just saw this last week. Yeah. So. That- B team. B team. I do like that they have a heel general manager. I hate face general managers. Correct. Even though heels mess with my people sometimes, I still like that they like make them mad and you know have to go through so many hoops and stuff. So we Correct. got we got one vote for Baron Corbin as a G- raw GM. Listen, oh, I, I prefer him as GM and bald <laughs> as opposed to being a wrestler with hair. You know. <laughs> levels. Yeah. I was shocked because I haven't watched I didn't watch from like April to Extreme Rules and I just was like where is his hair? What is it? Why he looking like Kane? I don't know. Oh I don't I don't know that we want to do all that like I don't know if we want to <laughs> the bear fine. didn't but, like him know. and Kurt like him and Kurt arguing was funny to me. Kurt is funny. He is him. because, like, he just looks so stressed out at everything that was happening. He has to like, 
he had to, you know, he had to still check on Jason and rehab. What so, is he getting out of rehab? Right, because I actually people were turning against him, but I liked him because he was getting on my nerves. Like I was like, he's doing his job well. My thing is, if your go-to chant is you suck, to an extent, you kind of have to live up to it. You can't be the king of popular opinions and that's your go-to line. Like, make the people earn your love. <laughs> this episode of the WrestleCast is being brought to you by Audible.com. Please head over to CSPN.us. Click on the tab that says keep our podcast free. Scroll down to Audible.com and get you a free um, Audible book on trial. All you have to do is enter the code CSPN and then you can choose a million book titles and uh, that could be your free trial. And then, you know, stick around for the service and, uh, you know, just pick new books each and every month to listen to to pass the time. And you can support the podcast here on CSPN. So CSPN.us and audible.com. So we're going to go to Lucha Underground. We start off with El Dragon Azteca Jr. versus Ivelisse for a Gift of the Gods championship match. Ivelisse crotches Azteca on the top rope. Ivelisse goes for a superplex, but Azteca fights her off. Azteca then shrugs and then hits Ivelisse with a top rope leg drop, and she gets the win. After the match, DD's new fave, Exolicious, and Joey Ryan were shown at the top of the steps. Exolicious says he sees Ivelisse's man, but Ivelisse put on a hell of a show. Exo says that Ivelisse is looking for gold, and Exo said that Joey and Exo want the gold too. So they proposed that Ivelisse join them. Exo said that she's been a part of odd trios before, and then he says that the winner of tonight's trio championship match might as well face this newly formed trio next. Exo said that Ivelisse, Joey, and Exo as champions sounds Exolicious. I love them. <laughs> Joey Ryan looked like the epitome of his nickname, Sleaze, standing up there with that white members only jacket, pink freaking polo shirt, jeans, and those aviators on. So it sounds very like 80s. Top Gun-ish. Miami Vice-ish. Yeah. I'm a fan of all of that. <laughs> but all of that is shorthand for like sleeves and shirts. <laughs> <laughs> King Cuerno, he was already in the ring for an upcoming match when Antonio Cueto appears and he addresses King Cuerno showing up after Pentagon's match last week. Antonio said that there has been a person who has been very dominant and also deserves a title shot. Mule Mertes. Antonio said that this was a number one contenders match. So we get King Crono versus Mill Mertis. Crono and Mill, they spill to the outside where they trade punches. Crono hits Mill with some strikes, but Mill responds with haymakers. The boxing match continues as both men continue to trade shots. Strong style. Marty Elias got in between Mill and Crono and tried to get them back into the ring. Mill and and Crono shoved Marty into the crowd. The boxing match continues as Marty Elias calls for the bell. Mm. Antonio Cueto said that he doesn't punish violence, so he was rewarding both Mill and Crono with title shots for the Lucha Underground Championship. Cueto booked Pentagon versus Mill versus Crono in a triple threat match for the Lucha Underground Championship. Yeah, I don't know if you've watched this or not, Didi, but yeah, that match was, you know, any match containing Mill Murtis is violence. Yeah. I watch, but I can't watch 
straight through. So I stopped practicing. Yeah, that was good. I like that a lot. Just in slugging it out. Main event of the evening, Cobra Moon, Daga, and Jeremiah Crane versus Phoenix, Aristar, and Drago for the Lucha Underground Chios Championship. Drago tagged Phoenix, but Phoenix ignored the tag. Phoenix slowly walks in and then finally assisted Drago in a launch pad splash. Phoenix then fired himself up for flying moves with Aerostar being a cheerleader in the ring. Phoenix instead blocked Aerostar's flying move with a super kick. Phoenix then hit Aerostar with the Michinoku driver. Jeremiah Crane took advantage and hit the get out of here on Aerostar for the win. Melissa Santos had her hand on her mouth in shock. Cobra Moon handled the former ring announcement of the title defense. Matt Stryker wonders if Phoenix was controlled by Cobra Moon. Melissa was trying to talk to Phoenix, but Phoenix aggressively shook his head in her direction. Melissa asked Phoenix what was wrong and what was up with him. Phoenix then aggressively grabbed Melissa by the shoulders and shoved her to the ground. El Dragon Azteca then ran out to check on Melissa. Matt Stryker noted that Phoenix was the biggest babyface in Lucha Underground, and it was odd to see him in such a dark state. You know how I feel about when they be getting physical with Melissa. I don't like it. First we had to deal with Marty. Now, here he come ruining things. This is domestic abuse. It is. After she found you from the dead, beating up ancient bitches to get you back. And this is how you treat her. This is why you can't do nice things for people. Yeah, I know, right? So, the show's not over. Our boy, Marty the Moth, he enters... Antonio Cueto's office and he bribes Antonio with the same amount of money as Mariposa did to get a gift of the God's title match. Antonio accepted the money and granted a match for next week against Dragon Azteca Jr. Before Marty leaves, he added another stack of money for something else that he wanted. But he did not get the answer because that's how the show ended. Dun 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 dun. <laughs> so, yeah, that main event was really good. And uh, yeah, I, I just I just hate it for uh, poor Melissa. I don't like that. So we'll see where that goes next week. See if she can Phoenix can snap out of it. Well, you know, Aerostar said that he wasn't going to be right for a while last week. So maybe this mm. is still he's in that kind of transition and, state. Yeah, it was interesting. I was on was clearly not Wikipedia because I went just back on there and. It's not on there, but apparently in Lucha Underground, there are tribes. Remember when the there was some kind of something that was in sections? Well, each of those sections was a different tribe of the Luchas. Right. And you know how like the rabbit tribe? Right. And the reptile tribe? Right. All of those are actual tribes from back in the day. Oh, okay. So it has, it's like this whole mystical thing like we knew Lucha Underground was mystical but that's why there's like the Reptile Tribe the, and Marty and his little Mariposa bitch like all of them are the same and I guess like the Puma was the same as whoever I, I don't know I didn't really get all the details because I lost the page but that's what it was and I was like that makes so much sense because why is there a Rabbit Tribe <laughs> It was like, oh, I get it now. So that was something that I I read. I think I read that like last week, and I meant to talk to you about it. Very interesting. Very, very interesting. Yeah. So next we get into NXT 
Tommaso Ciampa arrives, ignoring the Full Sail interview geeks on the outside. He just walks right past him, and he's coming into the building. We get our first match between Danny Burch and a returning Only Lorcan versus Cesar Bonone and Adrian Jowd. Burch picks up the pace and tags in Only Lorcan. Lorcan runs wild with slaps and uppercuts and a double blockbuster. They double team spike. Uh, pal, uh, they give a double team DDT, excuse me, to Jowd, and they pick up the win. Guess what, y'all? Tommaso Ciampa's got ring music now. Aww. Yep. He never had it? No. Not once he became a bad guy. Yeah, he just come out to the chorus of boo. And, and when I tell you, when you they see him, it is a symphony. He don't need no music. Because I, I, that was the one match that I saw for when I went to um, TakeOver. He don't need no music. They are there to provide the music. And it's oh, amazing. <laughs> His tweets are hilarious. <laughs> He's the best at being the worst. Oh my gosh. I couldn't have said that any better myself, Miss Didi. <laughs> Jumpa says that he's heard the whispers about him taking out Aleister Black, but it's all based in make believe and not fact. When he wants to confront and attack, he does it in front of people and on the biggest stages so you can see your master at work. He won't lie to us because he never lies. Chopper says he planned to take out Aleister Black, but somebody beat him to the punch. If he knew who, uh, he said, if he knew who did it, he would pat them on the back and tell them, job well done. But he said, even if Aleister Black would have made it a takeover, he still would have won. The NXT title tells Ciampa it was great to be back main eventing takeover. Ciampa is the champion of champions, and when he says something, he does it. He's NXT's greatest success story and your champion. In closing, if you want to be a success and a winner, then follow the lead. Of Tommaso Ciampa. Good stuff. Good stuff. Didi's do fave, Shayna Baszler versus Violet Payne. Let's not go that far. <laughs> Shayna Baszler attacks the arm and is torturing her opponent. And then she stomps on the elbow like she did to Dakota Kai a few months back. And she gets in the choke, and Shayna Baszler, of course, gets the win. Post match, Shayna Baszler returns and chokes out her opponent again and again. And the former champ is only concerned with pain and destruction. It was weird because she kept attacking her and the way it made it seem like, oh, Kari's going to come out or somebody's going to come out. But nope, nobody came out. And poor Violet Payne just got her ass whooped over and over again. I was like, I don't know her. (laughs) (laughs) She doesn't even go here. (laughs) Uh, We get some footage of heavy machinery outside. They're on their cell phone, of course. They think that Ciampa attacked Aleister Black when when Tommaso Ciampa uh, is walking through the background and he runs up on him. Regal arrives and breaks it up. Regal wants to see Ciampa in his office since he finally decided to show up. The Undisputed Era, they cut a promo discussing the War Raiders calling them out. Roderick Strong says that they aren't playing hide and seek and if they were, they would win because he beats his son all the time. Adam Cole then comments on next week's Pete Dunn versus Ricochet champion versus champion match and says that he plans to beat the winner. We get Laura Sullivan versus Raul Mendoza. Mendoza lays in kicks and ends a gurry and a springboard missile drop kick, but Lars cuts Mendoza off with the pop-up power slam. Lars lays into him with vicious strikes and the freak accident gets the win. 
Pete Dunn comments on next week's match with Ricochet. Dunn says that this is all Ricochet's fault and he wants his gold. Now he needs to figure out how to fit two titles on his mantle. Ricochet responds and he says that he has what it takes to win and retain the title. He's been in high pressure situations before NXT and Dunn is just another hurdle he has to jump over. Next, we see footage of an altercation between Dakota Kai, Aaliyah, Deanna Perrazzo, and Lacey Evans at the Performance Center. Steve Regal meets with Cassius Ono about, you know, who, uh, uh, almost said who killed Aleister Black, who ran over <laughs> Aleister Black. <laughs> who shot JR? <laughs> Regal says that they don't need to talk to him, and Ono is insulted by this, because actually, uh, he, Kari Sane was, like, in there first. And she, and she gave an alibi for Cassius Ono, so he was like, you know what? We don't even have anything to talk to you about. Uh, Regal wants to know why Cassius Ono is so annoyed these days. Ono says that he's sick and tired of being leapfrogged. Does he have to buy a ticket to take over and wear a suit to mug for the camera? He promises to take care of Regal's new toy when he arrives. So it looks like Cassius Ono is going to be going after Matt Riddle when Matt Riddle makes his debut. And then we get our main event. Bianca Belair, our fave, versus Nikki Cross. Nikki heads up top, and Bianca rolls to the apron. Well, actually, she rolls to the floor. Nikki Nikki follows and traps Bianca in the apron and lays in strikes. Belair then slams Nikki into the steps and hits the hair whip. Nikki jumps on Bianca's back and locks on the sleeper hole, but Bianca falls back and slams Nikki to, into the ramp for a double countout. They brawl post-match, and they finally get separated. Uh, Nikki gets tossed over the announce table, but she comes back up and hits a hot cross onto Belair and all the refs. And that's how this week's NXT ended. Oh, so, they were the main event. Yeah, they were mm-hmm. the main event. Because she's the EST of NXT. And it was hilarious. She's like, I'm undefeated. She's that. I'm, you, um, you know the rest. You know the rest. I was like, yes, we do. <laughs> and then it was like, you see the way she twirled that long ass ponytail into a bun? I was like, you are just so black. I live. Okay. That's why I love her. Like, I've been watching her interviews today, and I love, like, how she just talks. I'm like, oh, another black girl for me to love. Her and Naomi are just. Just like, blackity black. Blackity. And they seem like they like each other. So. Right. I'm sure she's going to get caught up at some point. And I just want to be the best this. of friends. Oh, my gosh. Maybe Ember she can put some like, neon green. Ember need black friends. So maybe they can all be together. Yeah. I, I love Ember. I'm just, she, you could just tell she's like one of those, the ones who wasn't really like black, black around a lot of white people. Right. She was always the, oh, you know, well, we like anime. So. Right. I'm, I'm extrapolating. I don't know that that's what she did. It just seems like it. <laughs> um, this was a really fun match. I, I had a a really good time watching it. Nikki Cross being the crazy that she is, and Bianca being rowdy rowdy and bowdy bowdy like she is. It made for a pretty good uh, match, and it kind of keeps them both strong since they had a double count out, and it gives them the reason to have like another match with bigger stakes. So I'm looking forward to maybe this becoming like a number one contenders match, and Bianca maybe getting a title shot. When is the next takeover? November for Survivor Series. Hopefully that's when Bianca um, 
gets her first title, but do you think they're going to let her beat Kyrie? I don't think it's going to happen that soon. That's why I'm kind of hoping that maybe they lay back and let her wait a little bit more mm. and let Kyrie get a little bit more of a run underneath her belt and then let Bianca get it. But NXT likes having um, uh, heel women's champions, so they may do that and then have her kind of chase, have Kari have to chase her down. Mm-hmm. She's probably, if she can, de- Lord, I cannot believe they let her defeat Shayna, but if she can defeat Shayna, I guess she can defeat Bianca. Yeah, so Bianca Belair has so much sauce. She's she's yeah. she's gonna be so great. She like she doesn't even know how good she's going to be in a, another year or two. Like her and Montez Ford, they are can't miss. I haven't seen anything from him. Oh, you haven't seen the Street Profits? No, I've seen like their interviews and stuff, but I never watched them in the ring. Oh, well, you'll get this because you're a fan of this guy. Uh, Montez Ford, who is Bianca's husband, uh, he's the Shawn Michaels of the group. <laughs> That's a big compliment right there, okay. Oh, yeah, he can go. He can go. So... Um, no, actually, I, I take that back. I did see him live in person because I went to an NXT show um, like last year. I went to it in Florida and I saw them there. Yeah, so he's really good too. He's he, Now, we thought Bianca's got sauce. He's got more sauce than Bianca's got. Oh, snap. Yeah, yeah. Montez Ford is super duper star, pure entertainment from the time that music hits and he comes out. It is, yeah. Has he been wrestling or he just got hired like Bianca did? No, he's been wrestling for a couple of years. For a few years. So, hmm. yeah. Bianca, uh, she'd been in a, they had her tucked away at the Performance Center for like two years before she got on TV. Yeah, I remember that. I remember when I first heard of her and everybody, all the black girls were liking her. And I was like, I want to like her because she's black, but if she ain't got no talent, don't count on me liking nobody with no talent. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, she's got all the talent. So, all right. At this point of the night, we're going to turn it over to Miss Lena for her shout outs and thank yous. Oh, I don't have anybody. Just... Well, okay. I have two friends. <laughs> so let me get ghetto on here. But, um, I'm going to shout out my girl, Susie. I don't know if she wants her Twitter out there because we kind of mess on Twitter. Like, we don't get along with people. But, ooh, y'all sound like my kind of folk. Yeah, we don't, like, because we used to be, like, into it, into it. And so many people have, like, just hated us just for existing, I would say. Ooh, what have you done? Mm-hmm. I don't. It's, it's basically Roman fans, like, Oh, God, nobody care about the, it's like y'all be like saying what anti I got that from the K pop people. Well, I've always, yeah. I've always shut down the anti. Like, the, I guess, like, because we've met him a couple of times. So, he oh, knows he knows you. So, the girls yeah. are jealous. Girl, I would be too. If somebody was like, if they was all up on the bias, I would feel some kind of way. I would. <laughs> I understand. But, you know, I. I think I deserve it because I go hard for the man, and he's he's really cool. Like, he, I treat him like a normal person. He treat me like a normal person. So, whatever. But anyway, yeah. So, <laughs> um, 
I guess I shout out Susie. Her admin is um, Susie the Icon, I believe. And then my girl Sadie's. She's really like ducking off. Her name is Sadie's Nicole underscore. And that'll be my only two. I can't remember my other friend's username. But yeah, us three, we're like the ones who don't really get along with people on there because they take it too far. Like, I'd be a fan and just be that. That's all I have to say. You know? I'm too grown for that. But, see, I said don't let me get ghetto on here. <laughs> <laughs> Miss Didi Jone, your thank yous and shout outs. Uh, shout out to Lena for being here. Shout out to Greg. Shout out to the old chairman. Shout out to Mel. Because Mel always gets shout outs. Shout out to you, Donald. Shout out to my old boss. Um, she left my job over over a year ago, and but we had worked together for like a really long time. And I got I've been at my job for over ten years, so I got um, you can pick. This is a meandering, but I'll get there. You can pick out your gift for what you want for your ten year anniversary. It starts with five. You get a gift at five ten, and then I think twenty. I don't know. So I'm looking through the book like, what's the most expensive thing I can get? Is headphones. They only cost about $40. But I took a picture on Instagram and I was like, happy 10 years or whatever. And she saw it. And because my birthday was like next week, she was like, happy birthday and happy 10 years. And she sent me flowers. And so I got got a bouquet of flowers. And I was like, that is the sweetest thing. So shout out to her. That's not even my boss no more. She's working for PBS. Like she don't have to do that. And the fact that she chose to do that was really cool of her. So shout out to her. That's it. Well, and you, I said you didn't. I? Yeah, you did. I mean, shout out to Hot Water because I ain't got nothing right now. Like what else? <laughs> the conveniences of life that we don't know that we need until we don't have them. Shout out to not having to use outhouses no more. <laughs> Shout out to not having to go pump your water at the fucking well no more and then heat it up and then get a bath. Like, shout out to that. Because we could still be living like that. Mm hmm. Thank you, dark America. Days. Dark days, dark days. <laughs> well, I just want to remind everybody to please join us this Sunday, starting at 7 o'clock. Please use the hashtag cast in a cell to live tweet Helen a cell. Share your commentary with color with the fans and hosts of the WrestleCast. Also, check out the Forever Young cast, where it's myself, Jupiter Julep, and Madame Lizette, as we are reviewing the May Young Classic. Hopefully, if my power doesn't go out, we will be uh, putting episode number two up this Sunday. Uh, so, please take a listen for that. It'll probably go late Sunday, so you'll probably really get it on your feet on Monday. But uh, So, really excited about that podcast. Please go over to our Patreon page to help support the podcast, CSPN Media, over on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash CSPN Media, where you can find exclusive podcasts. Uh, check out the WrestleCast Red and Black, where Sam and Quan Essential R are reviewing the Monday Night Wars. So they go over the very first Monday Night Nitro. Um, they go over a raw from two weeks ago because the two weeks before that, because uh, it got preempted by golf. And they also talk about a little early ECW as well. So uh, that's a cool new Patreon show to go check out over on patreon.com forward slash ESPN. 
And then I'd like to give a shout out to Didi Jonay, Sam, Greg, our guest, Miss Lena, and everybody on the CSPN, all the podcasters and the podcast that provide the content each and every week here on the CSPN to make it the network that it is. So I'm very grateful to each and every one of you. And on that note, for Miss Didi Jonay, for Greg, for Miss Lena, I'm Don DeLorente, and this has been episode 202 of the WrestleCast. Please stay tuned for the parting promo. place and I gotta say that felt great but immediately the acting general manager Baron Corbin called me and begged me he begged me to reconsider and come back because unlike all of you and unlike the people in the back Baron Corbin recognizes my value as the true MVP of Monday Night Raw. So I agreed to come back under one strict condition, and that's I'm not held accountable for what I do to my opponents. My job is to do whatever I want, whenever I want. What I just did to that embarrassment out there, I'm just doing my job. Last week when I helped destroy the shield, I wasn't doing anybody any favors. No, I did it because I wanted to. Because guess what? I am as sick of the shield as everyone else. Once again, just doing my job. I can do whatever I want, whenever I want. And there's not a thing anyone can do about it. But there is someone everyone can blame. And his name is Bobby Lashley. Yeah, Bobby Lashley, because he is the sick maniac who intentionally injured my best friend, Sami Zayn. He is the reason why Sami has been on the shelf for months instead of by my side where he belongs. You want to know why I quit? I quit because of Bobby Lashley. But he's also the reason I'm back. And what I did last Monday night to Bobby Lashley is only the beginning. And everyone better get it right. For anybody who may have forgotten, let it be a stern reminder that this is still the Kevin Owens show. And on this show, you can expect three things from now on. Anarchy agony and destruction and it is all Lashley's fault <laughs>